0: Welcome to the Midlife Midstress Podcast, your podcast for being bold and saying yes to making the most out of your midlife. So today, I'm thankful that you're here for our episode, and we're actually gonna talk a little bit about ourselves. So I'm gonna do a little interviewing. People will jump in. The others around the table also will jump in. Um, But we thought it would be nice if the listeners got a little peek into who we are, what our passions are, and what our drives are. You know, sitting here, we have all been so blessed. We have a gift of time. We're in the middle of our stories. We're in our stories. And there's a lot that we all have in common. We have the same values, some of the same passions, some a little bit different. We like to spend time the same way. um, And then we do other things that might, might, might not be quite the same. So I think as listeners, as people listen to this, they're going to see a lot that we have in common that maybe they wouldn't think that they would. And so I'm looking forward to that, to the perspectives and the um, life experiences that listeners, as well as all of us, can connect with. So I hope you enjoy our episode. So Marla, I've known you for over 20 years. I think at least both of you I met when I first moved here are very close from Texas um, into the DMV area, the D.C. area. And I was so happy that I did meet you. But what I find fun and interesting about you is that you have always been that person that I feel has been in constant motion of defining yourself, of redefining yourself through all your stages of life that I've had the privilege of knowing. And the other thing that I love about you is not only do you do that when life shifts for you, but you have this beautiful soul that you dig so deep in, I feel, that you just see what's around you and you make the most of it. And I love that about you. So I don't know where that came from, but i kind of like to know where that came from. So I'm going to ask you like what your upbringing was. Like, I don't know exactly. I've met your parents, never met your brother. I know you're from New Jersey, but I'd like to l- know a little bit more about your upbringing and how that kind of meshes with that wonderful attitude of yours and that real soulful, deep digging that I feel you do. You know, it's... It's so funny,
1: Marianne, because um, your reference to when we met was actually at a point in my life of great transition. And I don't really think about the fact that my life had a number of significant challenges before the challenges of the last five or six years, which we will we can talk about later. So I met you when... Um, My job that I had been in for six and a half years was eliminated, and three positions were merged into one. And I had a one year sabbatical, if you will, and was able to do some things that, as a full time working mother of two, I wasn't really able to do. And that was how we met. So that feeling of constant motion was actually something where I wasn't really moving. I wasn't working. And so I was looking at different ways to fill my time and be more engaged with my family. Um, but back to where I grew up and what makes me tick. So I actually I was born and raised in New York, um New York City, until I was nine, and my parents moved out of the city. This was the early 70s during the white flight period, and um, I believe the situation was that my mom was um, accosted in the elevator of our apartment building, and I think that was the impetus for us to move to the suburbs. So, lived in New York City till I was nine in the East Village, which now is super trendy. Um, My dad worked at the United Nations, and my mom, um, in the early years, was a volunteer at our school, and then um, she got a job um, working as the office manager and bookkeeper at a local plumbing um, company, and then went to school to get her master's in gerontology. So, my parents really were um, very inspirational um, people to me. My dad working, if you will, at a nonprofit organization and my mom um, doing a lot of volunteer work, sometimes embarrassing to me when she had us at the Scarsdale train station, handing out leaflets to fight <laughs> the um, the board, uh, our school board's decision to put a uh, uh, pool and a gym and spend all this money. And she just felt like it was too much money for what they were looking to do and they could do so much more with it. And so my brother and mom and I went to the train station at rush hour and handed out leaflets. And um, I was probably, no, I wasn't probably. I was most definitely um, embarrassed to be doing that, but it's those life events. It's seeing your parents rise to challenges, to being bold, right? And saying yes and being fearless that in many ways I think they instilled that in me without necessarily saying outright, be bold, be fearless. But they took a stand or they worked in an
0: environment
1: where they were trying to make a difference.
0: Wow. Listening to you um, talk about that, I can see how that was probably quite the influence. It seems like they live by their convictions.
1: Absolutely. And and it's funny too, just because um, of their ages, my parents lived life as you might call hippie life, except that they were a little older. So they were beatniks. Um, And in fact, in the late 50s, um, they took an 18-month Long trip around the world. Why did you go in? No, that was before I was born. So, um, yeah. And they pretty much went, um, let's just say, fourth class, uh, steerage class. Um, This was not a fancy trip that we might or I might endeavor to go on at some point in my life, but it
0: was experiencing and seeing the world. That's so interesting. Well, let me ask you this. So it seems like they had a lot of drive, but. Not where we come from always is what gives us a drive in life. And you have a lot of drive. So where do you think um, you got your drive from? Where? What influences do you have that drives you today? You know, i, I it's funny because
1: I don't think I have a lot of drive. Um, and I think I have a lot of passion. And my passion has to do with people. And making connections with people and making a difference in the world that I'm in. And so sometimes it's making a difference because of how you're relating to somebody, and sometimes it's making a difference by the work that you're doing. And moving to DC after I graduated from college, I realized that you could make a difference in the world through social change and through policy and politics. And that's really what drove so much of my early career and my time in this area,
0: I love the passion about you. I know you do have passion. I think you have drive as well. Um, I think you have both. You know, the other question that I have is, if there was something you haven't done yet, what would that be? Like, what what do you think about doing here in the future, in your lifetime, that you haven't had the opportunity or the time to do? I might give you two things.
1: Okay, that's <laughs> fine. Um, so one thing that's always been a dream of mine, and and we got close to it with our sailing trip, was I've always wanted to learn to sail. That's just been something that not just going sailing, but but actually learning how to do it. There's something about being out on the water, but also being so reliant on the environment to move you. That is just fascinating to me. Scary, fascinating, awe-inspiring. So that's something that I really would love to learn how to do. Um, if money was no object, travel more. Um, okay. Both of my children have been to Japan and both of them came back and said, oh my God, you would love to go. And we kind of have talked about the three of us going together and and that. Not just traveling, but traveling with my adult children and experiencing a different culture with them is something that I would love to do.
0: I think you'd enjoy that. I know your kids. I'd enjoy that. <laughs> uh, the other question that I had, well, I have a couple more, but if you wrote a memoir, what would you title it? Yeah, so
1: memoir titling is an easy question for me because um, I think it's a really fun thing to come up with. Just as an opportunity to think about your life, but also sometimes play with words or play with your name. And so, number of years ago, uh, I think it's it's so silly. I was in college and we had a softball team, and I don't play softball, but we all had names on our shirts. And so, I took my name and twisted the word mar- marvelous to create MarlaVis. <laughs> and I've used that in other ways. My Instagram is MarlaVis, but I turned the V-O-U-S into V-A for Virginia, U.S. Um, but so mine has to be, it's a MarlaVis
0: life. Okay, I love that. <laughs> That's so cute. I love that. Is great. No, the, no yeah, what yeah, a play on words. And you kind of live it. <laughs> so I see that as well. Okay, last but not least, last question is, I like word lists. They could be your favorite foods, your favorite music, something that you feel um, spotlights your personality. But could you just give us a run on of word lists? Like, you know, however many you want that would describe you. I know that's a hard one, sorry. (laughs) You want words that describe me. Or like, um, for me, it would be, Motown, country music. I like the rain as much as I like the sunshine. So things like that that would tell listeners as well as us a little bit more about you. Okay. So
1: uh, sweet or salty, if I had a pick, I pick salty. Uh, live music, any day. Um, genres are rock, Grateful Dead, indie, folk. Not really a country music person, but- I'll forgive you. <laughs> but country music has changed over the last 40 years, and there's a lot of country music that I really do enjoy. So that the idea of live music, theater, um, and, and also just being so open to doing different things. You ask favorite ice cream. If I had to pick, again, so many new flavors of ice cream. If I had to stick to traditionals, give me coffee ice cream every day. Fruit dessert over chocolate dessert. Uh, love whipped cream. I'm a morning person, but I can stay up at night. Uh, I love champagne. And I love, I, I just, I feel so silly sometimes saying this, but I love being around people. It's just what fuels me. It makes me happy. It's the connections and ways that we can touch other people That at the end of the day, no matter what we contribute in the world around us, I think people remember us by how we treat them and how they feel when they're around us. And I think that's a big driver for me.
0: Okay, I love that. I'd add one. I'd have to add glitter because I feel like you kind of bring the party and the glitter to things. (laughs) You do. And I love that about you. So that's my addition to your list. (laughs) Okay. That's fair. So maybe that's why I like champagne
1: so much. The bubbly aspect of champagne. I like glitter. I'm going to go with that.
0: You're the glitter. Glitter. (laughs) Thank you. Anyway, thank you so much. It was fun to um, interview you and have you answer some of those questions. Some of the answers... I kind of suspected that you would say because it's what I see as well, but when we introspectively look at ourselves and kind of like our take on ourselves, nobody knows you like you, um, and I and I appreciated that. And I think for the listeners, when they watch us in the future, I think they'll have a little insight to who you are. So you've been in my life, Lizzie anne I don't know the exact amount of years, but I've been in the D.C. area moving from Texas about 24, 25 years ago. I was so lucky to have met you. You came into my life at the perfect time. When I moved here, I left my family, my friends, all my social circles, and you were so kind to me. And it's so cliquish in Northern Virginia that I didn't think I was going to break the clique. And it was like no clique I hadn't broken before. So I was like, what the heck? This is tough, but you are so kind and sweet to me. And we've been friends ever since. You're also kind of my adventure buddy, um, which I love the adventurous side of you. I mean, you guys might know, but she just picked up and went with me on a road trip to Scotland (laughs) and she actually drove on the, well, I would say wrong side, but the right side (laughs) in that country, the roads. And we had the best time. We've picked up and gone and jumped on fishing boats, on crab boats, (laughs) oystering. Yes, that's true. We went up to Pennsylvania to visit and to photograph all the covered bridges. But I've done lots of adventures with you. So my point is, I know you're adventurous. I want you to talk a little bit about that. The other thing I love about you is you probably are the best storyteller I know. You have such, I don't know, imagination. It's not even a lot, of, it's real. Most of the stories you tell are absolutely real, though I have read a few of your pieces um, that you've written that are incredible as well. But my first question for you um, I kind of want to know did your upbringing have anything to do with that talent, with that knack, with that
2: imagination of your storytelling? In answer to your question, um, Whether my upbringing influenced my storytelling. I I think the storytelling really has always been in me. When I'll tell you a little story. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) When I was a child, I loved to read. I loved to read. From the minute that I engaged with books, I was just completely smitten. And so much so that by the time I was in sixth grade, I had read every book in the elementary school library. And so on library days, they would, the, the teacher would walk me to the front door and I would actually walk across the street to the public library to get my books because I was done with everything. Um and I just love to read. And we would we had a fairly large family, lots of cousins, and when we had people over, I really preferred to read. And because everyone would be playing, I would go in the closet with a flashlight. <laughs> and I can remember my father coming and opening the closet door and saying, "Put that flashlight down, stop reading and go play with those children." And so I I kind of developed a I needed to have a way to cope with that. Like, I wanted to really just be reading my stories. So I started putting on plays. And um, the girl that lived across the street from me growing up, lovely girl named Tony Murray, was very like me. She very much liked to read. She very much liked stories. So we would put on plays on the front porch. The front porch was our stage. And that was kind of how I got through childhood. I just really loved that. I, I have been very, very fortunate in my life that um, – That interest in storytelling sort of led me forward. Uh, You know I'm a lawyer. Um, I did very briefly after law school work for a large firm and I really hated it because the stories there were all about like people trying to get money off of other people. And then I discovered criminal law. And being a prosecutor, I was a prosecutor for most of my career, you encounter so many stories. And it, it has become the way that I understand life is through looking at people and looking at their stories and processing the ways that so many of our stories are so much more similar than we allow. And people at at bottom go through so many similar experiences than they know. Even someone who looks very different from you is probably experiencing many of the same emotions and disappointments and joys that you experience just in slightly different ways. And that has been actually fascinating to me. You know it's interesting you say that cuz i
0: i one of the favorite things that i like about you is storytelling but the other piece which you kind of touched on you you have a lot of compassion you have a lot of perspective of how other people might think or see things and you've taught me that too to kind of step back and just see the big picture in a different way. So maybe that is the people that you encounter. Maybe it's intuitive for you because you read so much, but you have that kindness, that thoughtfulness, that perspective. You're probably perfect for your job. I don't know you in your job. I just know you as a friend, which I love that piece. But it sounds also like when you were talking about the storytelling and the reading, that it was just very innate. That was just part of your personality. Can you tell me like, what in your life, if there were any events that impacted
2: or had an impact on who you are today? The, there have been a lot of things that have sort of formed and shaped my life. It's kind of hard to know which has had the greatest influence. But I think one that I would start with was the decision that I made at, at 18 years old to go off to college. And that doesn't seem like much of a decision at all, but it was in the context of my upbringing because. I I like to say I was born in the 1960s, but kind of raised in the 1950s. And my, um, my dad was very supportive. He was like, do whatever you want, kid. But my mom really did not think a woman should go to college. And she especially did not want me to go to college out of state. I grew up in New Jersey and I got accepted, thankfully, to the University of Virginia and really wanted to go there. And she was furious. And so my first year at UVA was really hard because I couldn't, allow myself to be homesick it it would have been a concession or a defeat and so i just powered through and then at the end of that year my father got horribly sick he had a, a very bad heart attack he died 2 years later so my second and third years at school were all about my father being ill um and that really covered my college experience it was you know kind of tough <laughs> um but nevertheless i loved it i loved being in a different place i loved meeting people who were very very different from me the first saturday that i was at uva was a football game and i came out dressed in jeans and a t-shirt and my my (laughs) college one of my best friends in college who was my roommate on and off at different times and who i'm still very close with um her name is grace and she lives out in california she just looked at me. And she said, you cannot go to a football game like that. I'm like, what? She's like, don't you have a sundress? Don't you have espadrilles? And I'm like, what are those things? It is the South. <laughs> it is the South. So, you know, the, the, it, it was kind of the kind of experience. What I took away from it was a very instructive thing. There's good and bad in everything that you do. So there were very hard times during that era and yet really great times. And so you sort of, I lean to the good and try to just cope with the bad. You know, listening to your story and about that, and I knew a little bit about that already,
0: I can see how you've you have you've always had resilience that I've seen, but persevering through such a hard, I mean, that—that that is a life-changing event. Um, and the one thing I know I was talking about your storytelling, which is a strength, the other piece is you're a born leader, and what you did during that time was you led yourself out of a really hard time, very emotional time, but you led yourself out of that. And you are a born leader. Now, that's one of the things I see is your strength. So my next question is, um, what are some of the strengths or the greatest strength
2: you see in yourself? You know, I, I think there was a time in my life where I wanted to be a leader, where I thought that that was that was the way forward, like you just take charge and do things and I can take charge. I mean, I think um, when the situation warrants it, but I have also really come to appreciate the strengths in other people around me and am more interested in supporting them and being who they can be. And maybe that actually relates some to being a born storyteller. I like other people's stories so much and I want them to have happy endings and you know sometimes that's not possible but you can help someone meet at least make some progress in their in their own journey and that's really really rewarding and i've come to find over time that that's more rewarding to me than leading myself okay listening to you do you know what i'm thinking about
0: i am literally thinking because i do think you're a leader and i've seen you lead but i appreciate the fact that you don't you don't think that of yourself But I came up like with the American Midsters trademarked all that back in 2017, did a blog on and off. But you were the one that came up to me and gave me the nudge to do something more. So you supported me in that role. So I remember when you actually said, Marianne, American Midsters got to do something with that. (laughs) I'll help you. What are we going to do? So now that you're talking about supporting other people in their journey, it's exactly what you did for me. So thank you for that because oh, here we are. And it's been a delight <laughs> for me. So it was a win-win situation. Um, I love that, actually. So the other, I asked this tomorrow. I'll probably ask it to everybody. And maybe you'll ask me this as well. But is there anything in your life that you haven't done yet that you want to do?
2: Yeah, that you want to do. So, yes. There is something in my life that I haven't done and I would very much like to do. And it it relates back to being a born storyteller. I have never written a story, a full story. I've written bits of stories. I've written, um, as you know, murder mysteries as uh, party games. But I have yet to actually write something. And this process that we're in is actually really inspiring me. And because I looked, you had shared the questions that you were going to be asking, and I sort of thought about that yesterday. And so last night, I actually started a story. Um, I don't know, maybe it'll be like the other ones and I won't finish it. I I think it's a little scary because I love stories so much that putting my own out there feels like it's like setting myself up to fail. But, um, But I think I'll do it. The stories that you have shared with me and all of us,
0: like whether it's Facebook posting or one of you know our trips that you discuss um, or read one of your stories, they're really good. Okay, last but not least okay. for you same thing as for Marla. Can you give me a quick word list that listeners can just hear these words and kind of get a peek into who you are.
2: Okay, so music. Harry J. (laughs) My son is a musician. That's the only music I listen to these days. I think he's amazing. Um, Ice cream, chocolate, dessert, always chocolate, chocolate over fruit any day. And it's interesting because my husband's the opposite. So Um, dogs, although I also love cats and we have had bunnies, we've had hamsters and we've had betta fish and, you know, hermit crabs and every other creature you can think of. But I, I tend to be a dog person. Um. I am a late night person. I am not a morning person. I love cold brew coffee. Uh, I love to eat. Oddly enough, even though I'm Italian and was raised eating pasta, I actually don't like pasta that much. I love Indian food. (laughs) I do know that. Yeah. Disham. Disham, that was one part of our trip to Scotland. Um, I love to travel. I can eat, give me a ticket and let me pack a few things in a bag. I don't need much. I will just go. Um, I think that pretty much sums me up.
0: Well, if I were to add anything, so I'm trying to think the list that you did, cause you did describe yourself pretty well. Um, you bring a lot of interesting perspective to the table in conversation. You're a conversationalist. I love that. The other thing is compassion. Like, You haven't shared this one story, but you took on a role that was so selfless, that took so much compassion, not for a day, not for a week, not for a month, but for several years. Most people wouldn't have done that. So the compassion part of you, I think, is absolutely beautiful. And you've accomplished a lot. I look at you and you've accomplished, well, all of you actually (laughs) have (laughs) accomplished so much in your life same thing, all of you, the way you love your kids. Wow. Each of you really, the way you love your kids. And that shows. So those are just a few other words that I would, or a few phrases that I would put in describing
2: you. You're making me blush.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Karma, it's your turn. All right, (laughs) Marianne. I will say I once lived on a street Actually, I lived on a quiet street and then Carmen moved in. <laughs> so the Millers moved in. Right across the street from me. I'm kidding about the noise. <laughs> Only kind of. Well, at least at the very beginning. Yes. You know? But um you did move right across the street from me and how lucky I was. So how long's that been? Twenty nineteen okay, years. Nineteen my... years. So we were there a few years longer than you. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember, Me so too. I, I remember when you moved in, I remember exactly the years after, cause you had these beautiful babies, um, just a few years apart, but I was working and I had boys, rambunctious boys that I was trying to keep up with and you were just having babies. So I didn't get to know you in the same way as I did a few years later, mm-hmm. but what I remember is in the morning when I'm loading my kids, I'd see this woman, this very tall woman. Y'all might not be able to see by the, by the video, but 5'10"? Um, 5'10, yeah. In these female power suits <laughs> with these skirts and these long legs and heels. And I would just stare. <laughs> I was like, wow. I remember you were conquering parenting and you were conquering the business world. Now, I know the others have done the same in similar ways, but I just got to see it on a daily basis with you. And I was so impressed by that because I was not in corporate America. <laughs> what do you? <laughs> so it was very different. But anyway, um, I always have seen you with drive. And I know a, quite a bit about your family and a little bit about your mother, who also had has drive, obviously, but I'm just curious about where you had, where you got that drive and wh- how you were able to balance those two things. What I, it looked to me is so beautifully and and to me it looked easy, but oh, I'm sure it was it not. It's not easy.
3: <laughs> um, it's funny, both of my parents are driven, but I'm not really sure that I got my drive from them. So my father's an immigrant to the United States. He's from Honduras originally. And my mom grew up on a farm in West Texas, um, in a very poor family. They didn't have running water or electricity. Um, they didn't have running, they didn't have electricity until she was six and they didn't have running water until she was a high school senior. And, uh, she used to, my grandparents were sharecroppers and she used to lie in the field in West Texas and watch planes going overhead and say, one day I'm going to be on one of those planes. So she actually met my father in Vietnam she was a missionary journeyman with the Southern Baptist Church, and my father um, had his green, he was an anesthesiologist, and he had his green card, but he wanted to stay a U.S. citizen, and you can get drafted with your green card. And so he enlisted in the Navy instead of being drafted into the Army, and they were both in Da Nang and they met each other there. And they met, and they ended up getting married, and um, I was born in a small town in middle Georgia. That's where I grew up. And... Um, so obviously they had a lot of drive. Like my mom went on to law school and, you know, has done a lot of things since then. Um but for me it was my drive just I don't know, my parents always said I was like that. I just was from the time I was a kid. Um it wasn't like an ambition. It was more that things would really interest me and then I would just go and go and go and go and, go and do more and do more and do more. And that's kind of how um, I ended up with my career and my family. And no, it was not easy. I still sometimes regret how much I worked. Um, I was really lucky that I had a husband who had a job who that was had more regular hours than mine and who was very into like kind of the little kids. Um, but it was. Uh, but I didn't really do it out of ambition. It was more that uh, work lights me up intellectually. It's the only place that I get that charge. Mm -hmm. And so I always just kind of gravitated toward that. I was good at school. I was good at work. And I just kind of gravitated toward that. I had a rather chaotic personal life as a child. And so my big ambition in life was I wanted the awesome husband and the awesome family. And so I've worked really, really hard at that because that to me is the most important thing in my life. Um, Work being a – it's not really about work. It's about that intellectual thing, and I can't get that anywhere else, so I keep working. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you seem
0: to be on autopilot and high speed in a very good way. Like, just – I don't know. There's something about you that – I think I – seem to always be pushing forward.
3: I had a boss one time who periodically I would say, hey, Mike, how you doing? And he'd go, ducky. And finally, after like several months of this, I go, Mike, every time you say ducky, it's a really like tough day. What do you mean by that? And he goes – calm on the top, paddling like hell underneath. Oh, and I funny. think that's who I am, as I kind of seem very calm all the time, but I don't always feel that way.
0: Well, I do know that you were a high school and a college athlete, mm-hmm. which takes a lot of discipline, mm-hmm. which I think translates to how you've lived your life um, professionally as well. Has being a college athlete- impacted the way you live life or what lessons from that, if any, moving forward into your life have helped you?
3: Oh, hundred percent. So I started as a swimmer in elementary and early high school, and I was a pretty accomplished breaststroker. Um, I actually held the Georgia State record in 25-yard breaststroke for a couple of years. That's impressive. (laughs) Still one of the top 10 moments of my life, honestly, (laughs) literally. I mean, it was pretty amazing. And then um, I took a couple years off and I did other sports. I did like um, track. and I, I was never a runner, but I did discus and shot put. And I actually was a ballet dancer and a cheerleader. I mean, I tried everything. And then I got to college um, and I became a rower and it was completely transformative in my life. So sports have always meant a lot to me. There's something about pushing your body that hard. There's something about the discipline, the doing it every day. You don't think about the 70-minute piece while you're sitting on a row or in your ergometer because it's so painful. You'll literally, you literally get up and throw up afterward. You think about, um, I got to get through the next 30 seconds. I got to get through the next 15 seconds. I'm just going to go one more minute. I'm just going to go one more minute. So there's that aspect of the pushing yourself really hard. I got to get in the weight room. I got to go do that. But then the... Um, rowing and swimming so swimming is a completely individual sport rowing is a bizarrely individual and team sport at the same time because you could slack off a little or you could go a little bit harder and you know it that makes it individual um but the team aspect is you know you don't show up the boat doesn't go out Mm -hmm. if you're not perfectly in sync perfect balance all of that sort of stuff you know the the boat doesn't win and so it was a really, really remarkable experience for me and it informed everything that I've done since because it, it really is a, um, it's, it, college sports is about overcoming. It's about grit. It's about, it's a lot about showing up, you know, 5.30 a.m. practices, five days a week and then practice on Saturday as well. And then we'd have like lifting sessions, usually two additional days a week. So it was like eight, eight, nine sessions a week. It's a lot more intense now than it was yeah. 30 years ago, but that was pretty intense back then. Mm-hmm. Um, and I loved, I loved it. I loved everything about it, and I still love athletics, and I still work out all the time, and I just love it. I love so, that about you too. Yeah, so something we <laughs> have in common. Yeah, it's informed um, the rest of my life. Really, the discipline aspect.
0: I love that part of you as well. And you do, you're always up for a walk, up for a swim,
3: up for lifting
0: weights, whatever it may yeah. be. So I'm glad I do live across <laughs> the street from you because of that. If you,
3: if there was a tagline for your life, what would it be? It would probably be live, love, learn. Everything Aww. is learning for me. I'm I'm very intellectually curious. I always want to know the next thing. I want to know about other people. I want to know about other stuff. I'm always my husband is like, what are you researching now? And it'll just be something I started thinking about. And I'm like, I wanna know more about that. I had this pain in my lower back and top of my hip. And um, I was like, oh, that's my piriformis muscle. I mean, and then I'll be studying about the piriformis muscle. And Matt's like, oh my <laughs> gosh. Yeah. So the lear- the love part is, um, you know, my family and my friends. And I, I-, I feel like I kind of hit the lottery, you know? You did? I did. I hit the lottery. And then the learn part is what keeps me going. Like, that's what I'm excited about every single day.
0: So do you have anything on your life to-do list that you haven't done?
3: So it's interesting. If you ask me if I have things on my life to-do list, like um, events, not really. I would say that on my life to-do list is... um kind of moving in the direction of more acceptance of myself, more demonstrative compassion to the people around me, um, more demonstrative love to the people around me, sort of a deepening of, I don't know if it's my spiritual life, but more of a deepening in those aspects, especially now that my kids aren't going to be home. I feel like I have time and energy to focus more on those kinds of things, um, I mean, there are lots of things I like to do, but there's no great thing I'm trying to achieve. It's more of how do I reach my full potential? And I, I don't necessarily mean in my profession. I don't mean in sports. I mean, as a human being. So I think that's kind of what I spend my time thinking about these days is, um, you know, what does that look like and, and how do I get there?
1: Well, lot, you can go deep with me any day you any.
2: want.
3: Today. But I mean there are things. Like last year when I turned fifty, I decided I wanted to do a pull up and I did one two weeks ago. I saw the video. I saw
2: the
0: video. (laughs) 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 Fifty one years old. Fifty (laughs)
3: eight Yeah. I actually so y'all, it was hilarious. I was downstairs in my basement. We have a little pull up bar and I was like I haven't tried this in a few months and i've been working out and my lats have gotten really strong so and i could do one in college i could do like three in college but it's been a long time and i weigh a lot i'm five foot ten and i was a rower so i'm very heavily muscled so pulling up is a lot so um i put the little pull-up bar over and i walked up and i put my hands on it and i pulled up and then i got down and i walked away and i was like i don't think i really did that yeah (laughs) so i walked back and i did it again and i was like oh my gosh I did that I was like running around the basement and then my son got up he's 18 um he goes to college in a couple months I was like Gabriel come downstairs you have to tell me if I actually did this pull-up or if I'm like cheating somehow or I didn't do it right and he's like okay mom and he and I talk about working out all the time we talk about working out we talk about eating right like we I mean this is like the topic of our conversation all the time so he comes downstairs I'm like okay you ready I said, I can't do it from a hanging position, but I can do it from standing. He's like, okay. So I reach over and I, I actually did a chin up and I did the chin up and he goes, yeah, you did it. And I was like, ah. So then Matt, my husband so comes good. home. And I was like, you got to come downstairs. You got to see that I did chin up. So my poor family is like, oh my okay, God, you did short one. Yeah, just like, I just like, I realized like, definitely. I couldn't do it by the end. I was like, oh, yeah. So That's I, funny. yeah, it's always like, what else can I do? Let me ask
0: you this. I think I proposed in the questions to you about giving one or two sentences that might define you, but I actually love your tagline. I think you hit it there. Is there, can you just rattle off a word list of things that you like, things that would define you, things that maybe the viewers would get an idea or connect with you? Swimming,
3: swimming, 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 water all the time at all times. Our friend Michelle, who's not here yet, I've been pool sitting for her this summer. And Matt's like, she was out of town. Matt's like, are you going to the pool again? I'm like, "Mm mm-hmm. He's like, where are you? He texts me. Where are you? I'm at the pool. <laughs> and he goes, what do you do at the pool? I'm like, I do flips. <laughs> and then I swim back and forth. And then I do some more flips. And he's like, what are you, 10? And I'm like, pretty much. I saw so, a lot or two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You and I yeah. got that going on. So swim, swim, swim is one. I love a coffee shop. I love a coffee shop. I, you know, rare bird coffee in Falls Church, Virginia. Northside Social, In Falls for Virginia. I mean, I can rattle off every coffee shop. Um, I do love chocolate. What else do I love? Um, Ooh, when the sheets are fresh, when they've just been laundered and you get into the bed and it's very comfortable. Um, Obviously, I love to exercise. That just gives me great joy. One of my favorite things in the whole world is dance party. My 18-year-old might kill me for this, but pretty much his entire senior year, we've had dance party in the kitchen. (laughs) at least two to three times a week. The hardcore rap doesn't really work for me, but he's also got a wonderful Latin playlist and he's also got some great pop music. So the two of us spend a lot of time dancing in the kitchen. And I did it with my daughter when she was in high school too. And then my husband, he's like German, Midwestern. He doesn't dance so much, but the rest of us do.
0: Well, I one word that I, you didn't include is I, I look at you and and I know you, so I know you have confidence and I love that about you. And then the other thing is just very non-judgmental. Any Well, actually, everybody around the table is that way. But I, because I live across from you, something if there's like a little fire, I'm, I'm talking to you because you're right there. It's quick. And just totally non-judgmental, good advice.
3: Well, thank you. Because sometimes I don't feel like I come across that way. But in my head, I really can't put myself in just about anybody's yeah. shoes. So, um I, I try hard to do that. I'm not sometimes because I'm very direct. I don't think people necessarily think I'm not. She goes. They might need it. <laughs> yeah, but maybe they didn't ask for it. <laughs> huh? um, that and I would say if you ask my family to, uh, I'm not very funny, but I have a good sense of humor and um very energetic.
0: And you like to laugh.
3: I do like to laugh. I do yeah. like. To
0: laugh. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank, thank you me. guys all. This
2: is great. Oh, you're not getting off the so, hook. Huh? <laughs> you are without doubt the most adventurous human being i've ever known there is no challenge that you would shy away from but even more than that you take on significant challenges and you do that all in the context of having you know raised a family with two wonderful boys you have a husband who works very hard and is you know just doing a million different things all the time and you were holding down your own career as a as a nurse and you know, for our listeners out there, if you ever have any medical issues, there's no one better to ask than Marianne. Amen to that. Oh, yeah. Throwing up on my living room floor. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Marianne yes. I was there. Yes. Um, so I'm just curious, where does all that boundless energy you have come from? How can you be so many things, an excellent mother, an excellent wife, an excellent nurse, a terrific friend, a person who starts a podcast, a boat captain? You and your husband built a boat. You recently did your first sprint triathlon. You're a photographer. You're a great cook. Where does that come from? totally embarrassed.
0: (laughs) Gosh, I've never really thought about it that way. I think you guys know me enough. I I wake up in the morning with a smile. I've been very blessed. I do not take that for granted. Um, I just feel like I've lived a very blessed life, but my energy truly comes from my family and my friends like you and just seizing the moment in life i i will say i think i've always been that way it really changed gears when i had a significant event in my life when my oldest child got very sick and was given a diagnosis that was not so great he's alive and he's well but he taught me too even though i had all that a lot of that I just seize the moments now because I will not take tomorrow for granted. Um, And I love adventure. I do have an adventurous spirit. We talked a little bit before we started and we were talking, I think you were talking, we were talking about the Barbie movie, actually, and you were talking about your Barbies and so (laughs) forth. And I was like, oh, I was like a Grizzly Adams. I grabbed my (laughs) peanut butter and I'd go on my adventure. (laughs) So I was always like had that spirit. My mother also is pretty much an adventurous. Um, So and at some point we'll get into or I'll talk to you about more about my lives. And my parents were pretty adventurous. Um, I lived in several countries, like four or five countries before I was the age of 10. So they would pick up and go um, for work related. But I was able to do that. But I, I just have this innate spirit that I just want want to do things I want to experience things I'm the type of person that will go out in the rain put my tongue out and literally feel
3: the rain it's just who I am it's one of my favorite things about you because you're one of my few friends that I'll be like do you want to do this and you're like "Yeah, sure (laughs) she never (laughs) says no she never says no no. we don't (laughs) okay I have another question okay you mentioned
2: earlier when you were asking me questions that I'm also friends with your husband who is Mm -hmm. a wonderful man and I watch the two of you and I, I tell people this all the time. I don't think I've ever seen a couple as in love as Robert and Marianne, and not just like in love, like, Ooh, honey, you know, come home and hug me. He loves you completely and you love him completely. And I'm hoping you can share some magic. What, what attributes this great and enduring love you two have? I mean, you're two very different people. Robert's into all these interesting intellectual things. <laughs> He's the nerd. <laughs> I'm the not. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just a fascinating thing. I mean, you it, anyone knowing both of you separately would not necessarily see the two of you together. But when you see the two of you together, it's magic. So, you know, it's interesting about Robert and I. We
0: do love each other deeply and we are very different people. And when we met, it was only within a few months we knew we'd spend our life together. And I know a lot of people spend years in engagement and five or six years before they get married because of my adventure spirit. And he actually has one too. I mean, you know, my husband, we just jumped in it together. And so it did start off like this adventure of getting to know each other. And I'm sure we both know each other. I know we do, but I'm always like, well, I hitch my cart to him. I love this man, he makes me laugh every day. But I also think, you know, we both grew up in families um, with parents that were devoted to each other basically to the day they died. So there is this commitment and this dedication I think we have to each other that we will put everything into our marriage to keep it alive and to enjoy it and to but we we do deeply love each other and maybe because we are so different in some ways um i mean he he's actually really interesting he he's keeps me last yeah. laughing every single day i mean there i wake up in the morning honestly sorry robert you might not like this but <laughs> there is, he is jamming in the shower that is his morning the music is going and he is dancing and showering and how can you not love a human like that so um i yeah i think it's just pure dedication and enjoyment and respect for each other but that that's nice observation
3: he is hilarious too yeah
0: well, we were talking about him earlier and she's like, oh, he's the biggest flirt I know. And I was like, he is such a flirt, but I too.
3: So so one of my favorite that when we first moved in, my daughter and my daughter was two and a half years old and she and Marianne fell in love with each other.
2: You know, I worked yeah. for Robert for a while. And, oh, you and did? We used to have lunch together. We would all have lunch in the conference room at the, at the firm where we were working at the time. And I, I would walk away from the lunch table every day absolutely soaked in tears from <laughs> laughing so hard. Mm-hmm. It was just constant, mm-hmm. constant humor. So I have another question for you. Okay. You mentioned that you moved around a lot as a child. I did. And for a lot of people, I think that that could be kind of dramatic, but you seem to have weathered it well. I, I'm wondering what strengths you see in yourself that you think you drew on during that time. And- what strengths did you maybe develop because of that? So, what was innate to you that you were able to rely on? And then also, what did you develop through the experience?
0: So, I think what helped me with that, because I was born in England, moved to Sydney, Australia, spent a year in Singapore, which I don't, I do remember that, not so much Indonesia, and then landed in the United States when I was almost 10 years old, um, from a city life to a farm life for a few years, which was very different. But I think what drew me or helped me get through that is that sibling unit. So I know you've met some of my family. I have two sisters and a brother and then, of course, my parents. And I think that I always felt like no matter where I went, that I had that family unit. And that might actually be why you were asking the question about my husband as well. Um, My family unit, my husband and my children, we are very tight and very close so I think that helps with resilience for sure. And then I think I like adventure. So even though, yes, I did move and they were extremely different place. I mean, culturally very different places, I love that adventure. And taking from that would be probably the adventure aspect of me where I do want to experience other things, like very different things than I sit in on a day-to-day basis. And that I seek those out. Give us... You asked us for a word list. Oh, a word Give list. A word list. Okay. Oh, a word list. Oh my gosh. Um, I love coffee. I love chocolate. I mentioned earlier, I love the rain as much as I love the sunshine. I like you, love water. I like to swim in it. I like to drink it. I like to ski in it. I like to tube in it. Um, I like to fish in it. I love water. You like to boat on it. I like to boat on it. I love the wind in my hair. I love feeling nature. Uh, I love cooking. It's easier now with only one and one other and and not the two, but I miss that. I love the smell of fresh cut grass. Um, I just love it. I love to put my toes in sand. I'm sorry, dirt sometimes (laughs) and wet grass. I love the surprise of morning dew. You walk out, you don't think about it, and it's unexpected and surprising. And I love that. And I will say when I like, I love friendship. So thinking, I like those unexpected friendships as well. I love the energy that I get from people. It keeps me fueled. I love listening to my family laugh. I love seeing my kids laugh together and up and play. I love the first moment that I see somebody that I haven't seen in a while. And that first hug. Those are the things I like.
1: Got a good line from a song, Walk Me Out in the Morning Dew. My hug. Love the morning dew. I'm gonna go my toes like to be, I used to say this, like my toes like to be out in the air. So it's the
0: sand, the grass, the dirt. The one thing I haven't done that I look most forward to. Is being a grandmother i don't like the word grandmother but i cannot wait to see my children be parents i can't wait till little one runs up to me with open arms again um, in the same way of that mutual f- family love so that would be the thing that i'm looking forward to the most that i haven't yet done and what will your grandmother name be oh my gosh i've thought about this i have too it's <laughs> so embarrassing <laughs> I don't know for sure, but I like using like Grand Anne, like Mary Ann. Um, I love the name Bella. I don't know. We'll have to see. Uh, my kids would have some ideas as well. My youngest, it was funny, they're 30, 30 months apart. And so my youngest would hear Hunter, my oldest, call me mom, but hear Robert call me Mary Ann. And so my son's name for me was Mommy Ann. So it kind of gives me the idea of the Grandma Ann or Grand Ann or whatever it might be because he used to call me Mommy Ann. He was so confused. We were, he got it down, though.
3: So cute. So you
0: could be Grammy Ann. Grammy so
3: like
0: that. So because um, I love that piece of caisson. We're so glad you joined us today. Thank you for tuning in. And you can find us at AmericanMidsters.com. That's American Midsters. It's M I D S T E R S.com.